This is Lauren Alexander. And I'm Jeff Odom. And you're listening to the Groove Lab Podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. This podcast is all about the people who make up the music industry. Today we have Lee Mathis, singer-songwriter from East Texas. That is right. Lee is so fun. Um, Jeff actually plays drums for Lee and... um, You. And me. I didn't want to tell anyone. I was going somewhere else with that, but... Oh, are you um, ashamed of me? (laughs) A little bit. Uh, Oh, you should be. (laughs) No, but Lee is awesome and... um, we are so excited that he took the time to chat with us. Yeah, you're going to love the interview. He dives into when he started playing music and how he was able to able to overcome his shyness by picking up the guitar and and creating this persona of his. Yeah, honestly, I never would have thought that he was shy. I also never would have thought that he just started playing music in like 20... Yeah. Ju- I mean, just not. he 20s. has not been playing for that long and I'm, I'm just surprised which completely makes sense why he wants to stay so busy now he's catching up yeah this dude is busy all the freaking time he's, he's a machine up, he's booked up through the rest of this year already and I'm just like I'm impressed so and you should be I, I really am he is um, a super super talented and super good guy and who is Otis you gotta listen to find out um, and also a little Groove Lab podcast only. You get to know Otis's last name. And a lot of you probably don't know what I'm talking about right now. But if you listen to the episode, you will. So you guys stay tuned. Before we jump into the episode, though, I just wanted to give a big thank you to our sponsor this season, Kaiser Musical Products. We love them. They're awesome. And if you want to get your own custom Groove Lab Kaiser Hey, Bo. And you do. You do. Um, head on over to our website um, or our social medias, and there will be directions there. But they're so cool. They're purple. and I love them. I love them, too. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into Lee's episode. Awesome. Hello, everyone. We are here with Lee Mathis, founding member of East Texas outlaw country band Lee Mathis and the Brutally Handsome. This guy is just nonstop. He plays three times a week. He never slows down and he puts on a hell of a show. Lee, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Of course. Um, First, just let's just clear the air here and talk about (laughs) Uh, me and you kind of share custody of Jeff here, mm-hmm. which is um, so interesting. I think, especially for him, <laughs> feel very wanted. About wanted, but <laughs> definitely um, uh, needed. Yeah, so it's so funny because we've done a couple like song swaps, mm-hmm. and Jeff is just like in the middle, like looking Stuck back and forth. Right, right. It just it just cracks me up, but. Um, I know he loves playing with you guys, and I'm glad that he has... That you let me? Not that I'll <laughs> let you. He said one time it's like his wife and his girlfriend. Like, it's just kind of like a... Yeah, my a little wife is, is meeting my girlfriend. situation. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's not like that at all. Um, we are well, so... thanks for loaning him out every once in a while. Well, <laughs> hey, you keep him busy. I, I am glad to get rid of him uh, <laughs> for a lot. But I know between, like... You, you play all the time, and then this podcast, like, Jeff yeah. doesn't 
have much downtime. I have zero downtime. Well, and so you we can't get, get in too much trouble no, then. No, well, well, there's after the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You know, with Lee, not with me. We go well, home and go to bed. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. We used to not to do that. Yeah. We used to be the troublemaker. And that's, then you be- that's true. Became, became a, a mom and yeah. kind of decided you were going to be an adult. <laughs> that's true. I had to grow up a little bit. Yeah, between Lee and the podcast and, and our shows here and there now, you know, I am quite, quite busy. Yeah. Anyway. Just thought I should mention that. Yeah. I think it's an interesting, <laughs> interesting little connection. Yeah, it's the bell bottoms. <laughs> oh my God, the bell bottoms. Well, she used to have a beard like yours. Oh really? I <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah. And you I were... used to be clean shaven. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So let's talk about you, Lee. How did you get started in music? Well, you know the funny thing is, uh, anybody that's known me for a long time knows that I used to be insanely stage fright. I wouldn't even play. If I just had a group of friends around a campfire or something, I would just clam up. And um, apparently if you drink enough whiskey, you can kind of get over (laughs) that and drink yourself to the other side. But no, I finally, you know, just started getting a little bit more comfortable with it. I played with a couple of guys that were uh, uh, where I wasn't the front man, and I just kind of got to sing a song every once in a while and play guitar, which was – and then it finally – has morphed into whatever the hell it is now. So, <laughs> do you think the persona that you've created on stage has kind of helped you with your stage fright, with your beard and your look and your alter yeah. ego per se? Yeah, I've I've actually had a a, a buddy of mine uh, say before before he really got to know me, uh, all he knew was the stage Lee Mathis, and then uh, when I'd get off stage. And I'd go over there and just sit with him, and uh, and I guess I was off duty. He's he just said, "Oh my God!" He's like, "You're you're not even the same person. You uh you uh don't you just don't act the same. You know, it's almost like a, you remember that movie back in the eighties, Over the Top. Oh yeah, oh, where yeah. where it's like he's just you know he's a regular guy, and then when he turns his hat around, it's, yeah, the arm wrestling movie, yeah, Lauren. yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of the same way with me when I put the hat and the shades on, and it's time to be Otis, I guess. So. No, I get that. I okay, get that. I want to tell me about Otis. <laughs> the, uh, well, I always tell everybody about Otis. Otis is really it's it's just kind of a, a larger than than life version of me, but really it's just me in a couple years. <laughs> skeleton, nothing left. So. Oh it's based off of a movie, correct? The character? No. On um. um not you get the, is, is the name Otis off of um uh that what's that movie that bloody movie um bloody movie oh devil's rejects devil's Re- yeah. devil rejects uh, it, no uh i i don't remember what, exactly when those came out i love those movies okay. but it's it's not from that okay uh, i was just uh, thinking that was the name came from no I, for some reason well I'll, t- I'll tell you this it's actually kind of funny uh um, I actually got the name. Uh, Otis has a last name. I just never say what it is. Oh yeah, it's kind of dirty. So if I can say it, I'll tell you what Please it is. Go ahead. So, let us know. Yeah. So well, uh, back in the mid two thousands, way before I would have considered getting up on stage in front of people, uh, I used to work at a mobile home dealership here in Tyler, and every morning we would have to we would have to bake cookies for our people that came in that might want a cookie. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you loved that, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. You seem perfect for that. Too. Yeah, I was a fat kid then, too. So, uh, But uh, anyway, so we would uh, 
We did that. They were Otis Spunkmeyer cookies. Oh, okay, yeah. So, All right. And so basically now I say that uh, Otis's last name, now that it's turned into me, is Otis Spunkmore. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's so interesting. I played drones for you, and I always just assumed it was off of the Rob Zombie movie, the name you got it from. No, I mean, I guess I could kind of the, he has a longer beard and longer kind of stringy hair mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I guess so. But now that, uh, I mean, maybe. So interesting. I, well, things you learn. Yeah. You, know, who knew you was, don't know it all, Jeff. You knew it was from it's a cookie. cookie. I assumed <laughs> it was from a Rob Zombie movie. Actually, your story is a hell of a lot cooler than mine. <laughs> I mean, everybody say yeah, I so look. That's like, the new story now. They it's say yeah, I look like Rob Zombie. I was just assuming Everything that's why you wanted me to play drones for you. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God, Jeffrey. <laughs> well, okay, so how long have you been playing music? Well, I got my first guitar Christmas of 1993. Uh, and so learned as much as I could, took a few lessons, and then, but most of the stuff I do now is stuff I've just learned over the years. So uh, I guess I've been doing it since 93, but I've only had the, the guts to get up in front of people since about 2012, 11, something like that, around in there. Did so. you start off just playing like solo stuff? Uh, you mentioned playing for other people. No, I was in a duo with a guy, and uh, um, we did, you know, we, in fact, that actually, funny thing is, that's actually where I kind of got a little bit more of my love for Waylon. I've always liked him, but I mean, he was just a nut over the guy, and so I, then I started listening to stuff, and I'm like, well, actually, that's uh, that's probably about the only good thing I got from the guy. Oh, that's but, uh, interesting, <laughs> that you actually got the love from Waylon from a yeah. former friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've always been a Hank Jr. guy. That's interesting. And you grew up in Henderson, Texas? Yes. And so um, did you start uh, in 93? Were you in high school? or I graduated in 93. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so senior in high school is when you got your guitar? Well, it was the, it was the Christmas after my okay. senior year. Oh, wow. Okay. And so when was your first, like, public gigs? Oh, gosh. It was, it was actually a, a thing in Kilgore at the, uh, at the, what is that little amphitheater in the park? Oh, yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. yeah. And it was a thing called a, a Christ Fest. So I've, I've kind of changed a little bit over the years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was a church Yeah, gig. it was. Okay. And uh, the normal guitarist for this band couldn't play that day, and so they asked me to fill in. And so I did. And, boy, I, I was, God, I was nervous. So you're 18, 19 years old? Uh, no, that, that was actually years later. I mean, oh, that really? would have been uh, probably, I guess that would have been about 2011 or, yeah, 2010, 2011. Didn't sing, just played. That is so interesting. I didn't realize I that. I didn't know that either. I'm surprised. Yeah, because a lot of times <laughs> you speak with people, they start at an early age, yeah. you know, whatever it is, drumming or guitars or singing, and you were a late bloomer. I was a late, very late bloomer, yeah. You know, the funny thing is, though, is I, if I would have done all that stuff back then, if I would have given it a, a true shot going to Austin or whatever, my 20s or something like that, I, 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 there's no way that I had the mental capacity to know all the PA stuff and just all the guitar stuff. I mean, I was green. Well, the maturity <laughs> also comes with the age, you know, and you, the decisions you make. When oh, you're yeah. younger, oh, yeah. are not always the wisest decisions, yeah. you know, as Lauren can tell I you mean, about yeah. herself. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah and the whale. Like. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> we yeah. don't have to tell that. We don't no, have to talk no, about no. that. But, um, 
Yeah, I'm surprised because you guys are such um, – you all put on such a good show. And I feel like you've just been doing it your whole life. So I, that's surprising to learn about you and learn that you I've even always had, had stage fright. I've always had these ideas in my head and these dreams about how I wanted to perform and, and stuff like that. But it just – only recently I actually had the guts to do it. So. Well, you are a showman. Oh, I appreciate it. You're quite that. a showman. I mean, honestly, I mean – as a drummer, I just sit back and just watch a lot of things. And you are—you don't just sit up there and play guitar. You have you and Sheila choreograph a lot of things, you know. And a lot of it's evolved, yeah. And and it's just you know, it's it's stage chemistry with who you're playing with. And right. So. That does help. Oh yeah. You know. You know but you, I think we've all five got it actually. So I mean, we can all just cut up and stuff. So well, let's go ahead. Oh okay. I was just gonna say let's. Um, let's talk about your band. So from 2011 to right now, tell me about the Brutally Handsome. Tell me how it evolved into what it is now. When we, uh, when we first started, uh, we did, you know, more acoustic stuff because it was just harder to break the band into a, you know, just brand new band. And so we did uh, more duo stuff. This is way before. This was my BS period. This was before Sheila. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah. So we did a lot more acoustic stuff until finally the band started doing some stuff. And the and the guys I put a band together with were kind of from Henderson, and and uh, um, we actually did a little bit more southern rock at the time. We were, you know, we did more. A little bit more blackberry smoke, and and put in some of the you know more rock and stuff, and and over the years as your personnel changes, and all of a sudden now I'm the only guitarist in the band. Well, some of those riff driven songs we just we don't do anymore because uh, I've got to sing the song and play in the riff. It's it's like patting your head and rubbing your belly. <laughs> and <you> right, ask. right. <laughs> so, uh, so it's evolved into what it has now, but. Well, who, who, tell me who, who's in the band? Okay. Uh, of course, you got Mr. Jeffrey Odom <laughs> on the skins back there, right? <laughs> uh, got uh, Byron Owens on bass, uh, which funny thing about Byron is uh, uh, when I was trying to put a band together from the very, very beginning, I met him at a jam at, at uh, Herb and D's in Longview, and he was, uh, honestly, I've been trying to get him in this band for almost 10 years now it seems but <laughs> but uh so happy to have him uh of course you got a uh, sheila sheila weaver on on fiddle and that was man that was the freaking luckiest let one of the luckiest things that ever happened to me me and we were both opening for uh night ranger night ranger Thank you. i happened to be there on the front row watching yeah. this go down I, I was working in the oil field at the time and i came in for that concert because i wanted to see, night ranger is one of my um favorite bands when I was a child and um Lee was opening up for him and and um Sheila was playing for somebody else that mm -hmm. gig. And um uh, that was when Lee and Sheila met. Yeah, it you was. Know? It was wow. that night. I'd never met her before. Didn't didn't even really know who she was. Uh but uh but yeah she was in a different band and she was just a hired hand or hired gun for that band. And uh so we played that uh Night Ranger show as a trio. Yeah. Uh, uh and uh yeah, Jeff was out front, and um, I met her after the show, and uh, I, I did the exact same thing that every freaking person does when they meet Sheila. I asked her about Devil Went Down to Georgia, and, and she just... <laughs> so we started off on the wrong foot, I'm sure, but... Right. 
but uh, I finally uh, asked her, "Hey, are you in a are you like in a band?" You know, or she's like, "No, I just play with a few people because no one can keep me busy enough." And I'm like, "I bet I could probably keep you busy enough." Yes. And so, you know, two or three years later, here we are. So. That's amazing. She's a force. She's oh my god, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lee's a force. No oh. one is busier than Lee Mathis. Well, I want to talk about that too. But have you? Is that everyone that's in your band? No, I got one more. One yeah, more. Go ahead. Can't got forget. My, got my keyboard player, uh, the newest member, uh, Johnny Griffith. I'm the newest member. No, I came in. You uh, already had Johnny. No. Yeah, it's for sure. Oh yeah, because well, I saw y'all a, a few gigs. Yeah, before didn't. me. Yeah, okay. BJ, <laughs> I'm I'm BJ. <laughs> Before Jeff. Yeah. Oh, before Jeff. Okay. <laughs> okay, you would. He's our BJ guy. Mm -hmm. I've heard that yeah. about him. Yeah, scratch that. <laughs> we'll edit that part out. Not a chance. <laughs> but no, anyway, so uh, uh, Johnny came on board and, it, uh, and, and allowed us to uh, add in some, you know, keyboard songs and some Ronnie Millsap, some Mickey Gilly, some stuff, uh, Paul Coffin, you know, it just adds so much a different dynamic to the band so and we've actually been able to do a little bit of songwriting together too he's helped me orchestrate uh you know a couple of the new songs and that we've been playing so nice yeah he's been cranking out some new ones mm -hmm. so um you're planning on doing uh, a third album in the near future right? yeah yeah <clears throat> um from what everybody's been telling me that's been recording is that you you don't albums are almost getting to be something that's just kind of a the light at the end of the tunnel but to get you to the end of the tunnel you do single 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 yes. single we're about to release a single yeah. so um that's what you do and i'm sure you've got 400 songs that you could put on an album too but it's you're true. doing it one at a time mm -hmm. so it's, it's expensive for yeah. one and it's the world has changed yeah the world has just changed cds are not what people are buying and you just need to get material out there and as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. and you've just got to stay relevant. And so, you know, and, and I guess people uh, don't have as, as much of a attention span. That's what literally they've said. So yeah. literally, if you put out one album and then just keep releasing songs off that album, it comes off different than if every couple of months you release a song. And then maybe once you get six or seven, eight songs, then you maybe put it on the album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what Lauren's doing. So yeah. Yeah, you I'm have learning. to do it. Yeah. yeah. I'm still old school. I'd rather put the album out, but it's uh, I have it's to. hard to break away from that mindset because that's what that's what you do. You release your album. That's yeah. A, that's a big deal. Well, also, I'm a big I'm a big fan of of deep cuts and album cuts, songs that you won't ever hear on the radio. Of course, I don't know if you'd ever hear any of my stuff on there, but if you uh, but songs that that literally you know they're just they weren't ever going to be singles, but they're some of the best songs that's on the album. Well, in this new format, it's almost like well, gosh. With as much as it is to record one song, is that song really, you know, it almost is like, well, do I want to record this and it just go down in history as a, as a deep cut? Or do I want to record this and it's, you know, so it's almost like the deep cuts are, are going away. I mean, there's a serious radio channel called Deep Cuts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and it's got some of the best stuff on there. So. Yeah, but like Lauren said, you really have to adapt to the times. The mm. world has changed, and you just have to kind of, if you want your music out there, you have to do what you have to do and get music out there. You yeah. Know? Well, there's a couple of Texas country guys that I've been watching that literally, I think I actually have more content on like Spotify than they do, but they did it to where, 
they did it a single at a time, and maybe they do have one album and then a, a few singles, and you know they're selling out Billy Bob's. Right, right, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. So you exactly. know, and and I actually have more stuff out than they do. So yeah. it's like, well, but but they adapted to the formula. And yeah, I, there is a winning formula out there. You know. Yeah. Well, someone tell us what it is. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about um, your most recent album. Okay, the one that's already out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a we did one a couple years ago called Vices, and it's got a six it's got six songs on there, and uh, uh, I did I, I wrote every one of those myself, and and of course you know the band came in and put their little put their all their signatures on it and stuff. The band I had at the time, and uh, but actually just about every show uh, we do every song off off that album, and so it's uh I really enjoy it so. It's nice to be able to um, play your own music and have people enjoy it. And I've seen it. Like, I've seen people enjoy your original music. Oh, and I, I just, I know that feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I enjoy listening to yours, too. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I was playing that. I was playing that on our break. Uh, um, you were in, uh, in Round Rock. Yeah, in Round Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that the video? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I said her video, yeah. <laughs> Hit and Run was being played over the... Over I love the, that yeah. song. Yeah. Thank you. I think yeah, he's playing too. it on um, covering it one night. Please, please do that. I think that seriously would be so cool. I'll sing the harmonies. I, I, don't I know, know the harmonies. I'll sing it. We'll invite you up on stage. That'd be so cool. I'm going to get put on some kind of, it comes off different when you sing. I'm going to get put on some kind of list if I do it. Oh my God, kick you out of the, of the venue. <laughs> but when I first heard that song, it's funny, uh, I, I messaged Jeff and said, is that song what I think it is, what I think it's yeah. about? Because it's so, it's almost so metaphorical and it just hints at it, but it's, it's just like a, or, or maybe I just totally. No, that's it. how Lauren writes. She wants you to interpret it, but. The meaning is really there, yeah. but she's not actually going to tell you what yeah. it is, but you know what it is. <laughs> you, you know what it is. Sweet, sweet little Lauren wrote that? Oh, really? right. Listen, apparently, like, imagine playing this. You don't know my dad, but, like, playing that song for my dad. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, don't but... actually listen. It was Otis. <laughs> right. right. I know. Or whatever your version of Otis is. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I've seen her version of Otis, and it's not a... It's fun. Yeah. It's something. It's something. <laughs> okay, let's talk about. You stay so freaking busy. Mm-hmm. Like you're playing all the time, like three, four times a week. What is your schedule like? Because I know you're booked like until later this year. Mm-hmm. What do you, like? Tell us your your formula and your secret for that. Well, <laughs> one of the. First and foremost, it, it's therapy to me, so I, I love it. I love doing it. I mean, every show, uh, uh, I just enjoy enjoy playing, and, and uh, uh, I try to keep our full band shows and our me and Sheila shows uh, separate as far as content. It's starting to carry over now, uh, but um, I try to keep them a little bit more separate because honestly, if for when people come see us uh, in both situations I, I want them to kind of hear something different you know uh so that's always fun and, and and part of that that's fun is the fact that uh most me and Sheila have never rehearsed ever uh the duo stuff and so there's time there's certain times we'll just pull out songs we've ne- that I've never done before and I'll just literally it's like okay I know the 
I know the words to it. Let me see if I can make it through it. And the next thing you know, it makes it through the whole song. <laughs> so, uh, and that's always fun. That's kind of an adrenaline rush a little bit. When we do the band thing, it's a little bit more uh, rehearsed and uh, just because it's hard to get five guys on the same on the same page for about four or five minutes just winging it. Yeah. Uh, unless it's just a blues jam or something like that. But uh, also, uh, not just because I love doing it, but one of the things that I I hate the most is I hate booking. <laughs> I'm not Do a fan you? of it. Yeah, I don't like doing it. You uh, would never guess that. No, I no. thought you. That was like your. your that's thing. why. That's why I do it is because and and book it so far out so I don't have to just keep <laughs> screwing with it. You know, every week or something because there's there's some bands around here that I see that literally are, are just. I mean, they're like on a week to week schedule, and I just don't know how you do that. Uh, I'd be scared to death that I'm just I'm not going to play for the next couple of weeks. My <laughs> band's going to leave me because I can't keep them busy, and so it's. I just can't do it, but uh, I mean, the, there is a downside to it, though, is because sometimes I think I book myself so far out that I, uh, an opportunity comes along that I either have to pass up on, or uh, if it's a good enough opportunity to where I have to like opening for an artist or something, then uh, I might have to tell that venue that I was originally going to play at, "Hey, I got a chance to open for such and such," so. Can I move this date that yeah, you we have no wiggle six room. months ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's very little wiggle room in your schedule. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, you are the exception. I mean, very, very few people outside of some bigger, bigger names booked that far in advance. Yeah. I mean, you book up a year completely, almost, you know, at this point, you know, you're, you're, your entire year is booked. And that is the rare exception, man. I mean, you are the busiest um, artist in Texas. I've never seen someone as busy as you are. Even before I started playing drums for you, I would sit back and go, how does this man stay so busy and so determined? He doesn't ever take a weekend off. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sundays are just completely booked and there's no downtime. You know, it's you have energy like no one I've ever played for before. You know, because, oh, you know, with Lauren, we'll play two or three times a month, and we're good. You know, sometimes four times a month, and but you want to play four times a week. A week, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's true. Well, again, I was a late bloomer, so yeah. the fire was burning way back when. So I, it's like a kinked water hose. That's true. I've been doing <laughs> it for sense. many years. I mean, she's been doing it since she was. How old were you, Lauren, when like you started? Twelve. Yeah, twelve. You know, I started playing drums at eleven, and so I've been. I've been playing a lot for a long time, so that makes sense. Though the King's Water Hose, mm-hmm. I, I totally—that's a, yeah. a good. What's that? There's word? a song in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like a hit and run song. Sorry, I said. I'm sorry, I said that. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, okay, now I realize what, how you wrote some of those songs. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little bit of a dirty mind. I'm sorry, anyone listening. <laughs> I think that's one of Jeff's requirements to be around us. So. Yeah, you can't help it with Jeff. Like, Listen, I found everything funny. Yeah, yeah. There's always something funny to say. But I bring out the worst in Elaine, probably. You, I feel like you bring, like, that's just I know you. I bring Real out the worst in you, <laughs> that's for sure. You're there when it happens. Yes. But you've never, like, 
force fed me no. whiskey or tequila. Or no, that's like true. That. You know, as, I'm not a drinker myself, but uh, it doesn't stop other people from doing it around me. Mm. <laughs> and then you get the fruit of all the labor on that. So. Listen, have you yet realized that Jeff will do anything that you tell him to do? <laughs> no, listen, it's great. Like next time you see an opportunity for him to like embarrass himself, do something sexual with like an in what? How do you say the word? Inanimate, imminent. Inanimate. Inanimate? Objects. Inanimate, yeah. Inanimate? Uh-huh. In- inanimate. Something uh, like that. Okay, whatever. If you see an opportunity for Jeff to do something sexual <laughs> with something, a chair, a billboard, or he'll wooden, do it. Just wooden a wooden cow. cow. Like, it's just, tell him to do it and take a picture. He'll Listen, do it. It's funny. The only reason she's kept me in the band this long is because I will do crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I share my food. That's a big one. And I share my Netflix password. Okay, I have been locked whoa, out of whoa, your Netflix whoa, whoa. password. I'll, I'll give you the new one. <laughs> okay, okay, give me the new one. I've been meaning to ask you for that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, just just giving you some, like, next time you see the opportunity. Okay. Take it, because he'll do it. He'll do it. Yeah, we'll edit this part out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> And now a word from our sponsor. We are so excited to be teaming up with Kaiser Musical Products for this season of the Groove Lab podcast. Kaiser is a family-owned and operated guitar accessories company, proudly made in East Texas and globally recognized for their world-famous quick-change capos. Guaranteed with a lifetime warranty, Kaiser capos are ready for anything that the road throws at them. And they offer a variety of colors, patterns, and styles to suit every player and every personality. So no matter where you are in your musical journey, there's a Kaiser capo just for you. Go to kaisermusical.com and use our code GROOVE at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's G-R-O-O-V-E at kaisermusical.com. Kaiser, fostering collaboration and creativity to share the power of music. Is there anything else you can think of that you'd want to like talk about? Cause like just our Lord and Savior Waylon Jennings. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So Lee, where um, can people reach you? Where um, can people follow you and buy your merch per se? Yeah, uh, per se. Per se. Right. <laughs> well, the official website's LeeMathis.com. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know we got a Facebook page, uh, Instagram page, Lee Mathis and the Brutally Handsome, and. Uh, you can actually get merch through there, but the best place to get merch is just to come to a show and see us. And, and you so. have a full time merch girl, I understand. Oh, we do. Yeah, she can I fold mean, a shirt. Oh, yeah. I'm just so impressed. She can so fold a shirt. So we need to give shirt. her a shout out. We should. Yes. We should give her a shout our, out. Our our merch girl, Miss Megan Sear, who who also lets me sleep with her each night. So. <laughs> she's so sweet and she's so cute. And yeah, she yeah, can she fold does, a mean shirt. She can. She's a heck of a merch girl. She really is. I mean, the other night she, she had them lined up selling t-shirts. Oh yeah, merch girl. She's, she's our sound. She's our sound person. Mm. That's true. She does a great job. Yeah. Uh, Groupie. And, what's that? Groupie. Oh yeah, Groupie. <laughs> Roadie. Uh, she'll pitch in and and do a lot of that too. And so uh, yeah, pretty much do it all. She keeps the wives cook. all in line. What's that? She keep the wives all in line at yeah. the gigs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
They've had to babysit her a couple times, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's rare. Yeah. <laughs> it happens to the yeah. best of us. Thank you so much, Lee, for uh-huh. being on the podcast. It was so fun to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to The Groove Lab. Stay groovy. Thank you.